Welcome everybody to another episode of The Lance Meet, my brand new, very experimental, interview-based Dragon Age podcast. And today I am with Fusilcon. Introduce yourself, Lucas. I'm 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 kind of on the spot. Hello, everyone. I, I don't know what to <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. There that's, isn't much. That's what we do here. We just just here to have a very on the spot conversations about Dragon Age and really whatever. I know a lot of you do know Lucas because he's been on my channel for ages. A lot of you do refer to him as the German. Yes. <laughs> but I, I was I, about to say that most people are just like the German. <laughs> but I, I promise you, there's a there's a lot more to Lucas than just being German. Uh, I know he's been on previous podcasts with me and he's always always live streaming with me, which has been awesome. But uh, yeah, Lucas, let's just crack into this. What does Dragon Age mean to you? Um, for the most part, it's just a very good RPG series. I don't really have deep feelings toward any games. I just play them for entertainment, to be honest. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, like, for, for anyone expecting some deep-seated answer, I'm <laughs> sorry. Dragon Age is just a good game for me. That's well, it. That's, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's, it's, it's a good good game, good escapism. Um, when did you get into Dragon Age? How old were you? Is there anything there? What? what um... Wait, when did Origins come out? 2009? 2009, 2009. I think 2009. Uh, I got into Origins like a year after release, so 2011. Oh, very nice. Started with that and then basically played every game on release. So I was roughly 10 years ago. 10. 15. 15. Yes, 15. <laughs> what did your 15-year-old self think of Dragon Age Origins? Uh, well, at the time, bloody amazing. <laughs> good graphics, good voice acting, even in the German version because I played that first. Yeah, uh, good voice acting, and yeah, it's just got me hooked on the series, and then I played every game on release. I even downloaded the demo for Dragon Age 2 on the Xbox 360, oh, which nice. took forever on all <laughs> bullshit internet. And which, so which Dragon Age is your favorite? I assume it's Origins, right? Yeah, definitely Origins. What is it about Origins that you love the most compared to the other games? It just feels more, well, first of all, more tactical, because it is really let's be honest mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i also adore the kind of darker and grittier storyline overall like the the brute mothers the whole like oh yes deep road stuff and everything you don't really get that in inquisition it's more high fantasy there yeah yeah they're definitely changing the tone of a fantasy because even dragon age 2 had that dark fantasy allure with you know yeah your mother being butchered to death by uh, Quinton, the Magister. One of the Hawk twins dying, the Deep Roads, and even yeah, Red Lyrium and all that stuff. It was very, it was deep-rooted dark fantasy. Like, Origins already started out with that intro sequence where you just see people being butchered all yeah. the time. Yeah. And then in Dragon Age 2, they kind of scaled it down a bit. But even then, like, in the very beginning, you had your sibling that was just mashed to minced meat. <laughs> yeah. And Inquisition, you don't really have that. Sadly. You don't, you don't know it. And, and I suppose it's because of the scale of the world and so many things going on you know there's a few dark fantasy moments where you can make that elf grey warden a warden and she then she's then killed at adamant fortress which is like oh no i got someone killed uh, for yeah, a blood but, magic ritual but but even then it's like you don't really have an emotional connection to that yeah. person no you don't you don't whereas literally in origins you can go up to um isold you can punch her in the face and then you can slit connor's <laughs> throat and it's like whoa that's dark yeah, fantasy you can be an absolute dick to people in Origins, yeah. and I love that. Yeah, it does lose its luster in Dragon Age 2 and Dragon Age Inquisition. Dragon Age 2, I can understand because of its development cycle. But in yeah. Inquisition, yeah, you don't have as much of that dark fantasy. And I think one of my biggest wishes for DFR going forward is the return of that dark fantasy. Because, you know, we are going through Tevinter, home of blood magic, home of slavery, you know, so many things going on there. I want to feel that, you know? Definitely. Like, Tevinter is the optimal place to just go back to darker, grittier fantasy. Yeah. And slavery and blood magic and yeah, rituals and, and sacrifice and everything. And even other things surrounding the plot, like the, the Navarin Mortalitasia, they're bloody death mages. I, oh, I yeah. at least hope they're a little bit gothic <laughs> and have some, <laughs> you know, dark narratives and stuff off going on. Because if it's all a little bit lighthearted and funsy, I understand why they would want to do that to make it fun because you don't, you know, but... At the end of the day, it is Dragon Age, and it is supposed to be this dark fantasy genre. So, no, I, I do hope it goes back to that as well. I mean, they can mix in humor. That's not a problem. Yeah. They had yeah. some humor in Inquisition, in Origins, sorry, as well. With Alistair, for example, the still oh, yeah. Thomas yeah. character. Like, they mixed in humor there as well. You just have to time it correctly and just don't go overboard with it. That's the thing about Dragon Age. To me, it's uh, the world is shit. Everyone's yeah. on everything. Everyone's dying. There's plague. There's, there's evil, darkspawn everywhere, but 
your friends and the family that you do make are the ones that get you through it and that's where it's light-hearted and that's where it's fun and that's where the the elements of, of the majority of the game play out the fact that you know everyone everything around me is crap but I've got great friends and family along the way to to help me get through this and that's what Origins was what 2 was that's what Inquisition was but I do hope that we get more of that oh by the way the world's still a pretty shit place but you have great friends who are joining you because I want that I want and, and, and I feel like we could get that with the Cunari invasion it's really dark in the comics and that's why I really love the comic writers because they just paint the Cunari and the Venatori just as incredibly dark characters in the world because obviously they are supposed to be it's not light-hearted yeah. and, I, and I hope we get more of that in, in Dragon Age 4 it's like okay the Cunari are literally ransacking cities Deventer are doing God knows what and literally casting out all this magic and, and have evil rituals to bring back demons from Twinter sewers. And also you've got the Dread Wolf who literally is hell-bent on destroying the world. So it, it has the potential to be dark and I hope it, it, it is. It, it, it really truly is a dark Dragon Age entry. I think my biggest wish is not just for it to be a return to dark fantasy but a return to be more like Origins in terms of its narrative beats where it's just you know all or nothing. That's what I'd like. From a gameplay standpoint, I feel Origins made make you feel like the world was actually going to shit because of the blight just spreading all over the country and for example Lothering just eventually being overrun yes. and not even yes. available to travel to anymore. Absolutely. That's something we didn't get in Inquisition. Like, oh yeah, the world is going to hell, everything is burning. It's like, yeah, but I can still travel everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like nothing, nothing Yeah, is you're right. Nothing. You're right. Like, you can only go to Lovering at one time, and if you go to Redcliffe without, you know, whatever, Lovering literally gets destroyed. Whereas in yeah. Inquisition, it was, okay, yeah, you know Haven? Yeah, it got destroyed. But if you want to go back to Redcliffe, which was right next to, you know, all of that stuff, you can still go back there. It's, you know, you want to feel like Corypheus and, and his forces were catching up to you. And although it felt like it in the narrative, the, the gameplay-wise, it really didn't. It kind of weird in Inquisition. I, I talked about that in a video of mine as well. I just didn't have any sense of time passed. I thought Inquisition yeah. took, took place yeah. in the span of a yeah. month. Yeah, the pacing is the biggest, one of the biggest um, flaws about that game is, you know, night and day cycles would make it a little bit better, a little bit more immersive. Yeah. I, I would have liked it if we could just go to sleep in Skyhold and wait till the next day or wait to have a wait mechanic or, or have things like that where it's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, it does get dark in Skyhold and it does get like, you know, it, you know, that the morning rises and the dawn comes. Like, it would just give you that immersion of, oh, I am building an army. Things are happening over time. You don't even need like a day and night cycle or any complex mechanics like that. Just in the main menu, like in the top right corner or whatnot, yeah. just give me a date indicator. <laughs> a little, yeah, a little, a little UI feature. <laughs> okay, just, it's... Yeah. Just put those like, oh yeah, uh, Wednesday the 13th, 9.30 dragon, whatever, yeah. just done. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, no, it would. It absolutely would help. And uh, I hope a DF4 really does amend a lot of Inquisition's mistakes. Like, that's not a really high expectation because the Bioware developers are aware of the mistakes they've made in Inquisition. So I do hope that they can amend a few of those. Like being more immersive in the pacing of the narrative. And also having that, like, you know, like, like having the narrative and the gameplay line up. We'll talk more about the gameplay later because the, the main topic that we're going to talk about and I imagine we'll just get into now is based a lot on Anthem and, and, and the experience that Bioware have had with Anthem. We're going to talk about what a multiplayer slash live service Dragon Age title could have been or could be in the future. Now I know a lot of people like myself do not like the idea of the next Dragon Age being live service or multiplayer. That's understandable because it's the fourth entry in the in the games, and I don't think and I think it's completely acceptable to just want a single player experience. However, we're going to talk about the potential of a live service Dragon Age title. We know that we're not going to get the next Dragon Age to have this live service or multiplayer aspect because it's been confirmed by Jason Schreier uh, from developers internally that the next Dragon Age is being rebooted again, or, or not a reboot, but having this turnaround pivot that it's going to be made following single player uh, experiences and that the multiplayer and live service elements are to be removed. But I think we're just going to talk about what it could have been but also what just a standalone multiplayer Dragon Age title could be. You know, I think we all definitely want, as I said, Dragon Age 4 to be that single-player experience, but what could a potential multiplayer title look like? And if it were to be Dragon Age 4, what would that uh, look like? Um, but I think we first want to talk about Anthem, because I know, Lucas, you are really, you really like Anthem at the moment, don't you? You actually think yeah, it's I it. Do. I adore it... Anthem at the moment. I mean, I'm very, very well aware of its flaws, believe yeah. me. I very much am. It is atrocious in the loading times. It is unstable as hell, and it's repetitive as fuck. But I still yeah. have fun with it. Yeah, tell, tell me about that, because... Literally, there are a few people I know in this community who actually can stand up and say, "I like Anthem." So I just want to know what do, what do you actually like about it? Let's have some let's have some positivity on that game for once, because you know what 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 is it about that game that you like, and what makes you play it? 
it is just kind of fun to hop in and fly around the map or do missions because the most fun aspect of Anthem is first of all the flying because that's very well executed I think yeah and the combat itself because you have a different feeling when you play a storm like the storm is basically like a mage or when you play a colossus which is kind of like a warrior because with the colossus you just fly in just beat everyone to death with your shield and go yeah. out with the storm you stay far away a bit and you know throw fireballs and everything it's flashy and explosions and you get loot it's just great fun to hop hop in and play a few missions a day absolutely what's, what's the gameplay loop like for you to uh go into the world get loot come back to fortasis do you enjoy that kind of mixed back there because yeah. uh, the loading times do yeah. ruin that a lot because they are very very long even if you install it on an ssd but if they have made it a bit more fluid yeah. with the transition to four tarses and the loot and everything then that definitely would have improved it a lot i like the like the legendaries that or the masterworks that give you different you know status or different modifiers to certain abilities and weapons that is quite good fun and i feel like could have expanded on that a lot i feel like i think it was in your latest video that you mentioned or if this is just something else but i think you said that it felt like that they created two games where you have the fort tarsus game and then you have the other open world or hub based world and it feels like they've got those two gameplay pieces and just kind of misjointly put them together what's your opinion on that fort tarsus element is that something that you would like bioware to see going forward could you see that go in a future bioware ip or was it just did it just not work i mean bioware have always given you a central hub you yeah. had the camp and origins you had basically the entirety of kirk wall in dragon age 2 and you had skyhold and inquisition i don't expect the next dragon age to go without a central yeah. hub oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. same goes for anthem you couldn't have expected bioware to go without yeah. a central hub true. they needed one but i feel they could have made it a bit better although i do have the feeling that they were planning to just expand for tarsus because you could see like the whole city was a lot bigger than where we got to roam around. I think it would have improved over time a lot. Yeah, because there was lots of like scaffolding of the buildings as well. It was like they were going to rebuild certain p parts and there was like doors that you couldn't go in, but it was like, oh, maybe in the future we'll be able to. But also Anthem had a day and night cycle as well. So like you could see Fort Tarsus being rebuilt during the story. Like you yeah. start out oh, right. and everything's just clattered with yeah. shit. And then slowly over time, the more you progress through the main missions uh, the more it you know gets cleaned up more places open up they start to rebuild like the fountain is you know reinstated and everything and if they had gotten a chance to develop it further i think they could have made it a pretty good decent hub if they yeah. reduced the loading times so i suppose based on what anthem's done based on its live service and its treatment what would you like to see in a potential future dragon age live service or multiplayer game well, i feel the multiplayer aspect of anthem could work very well in a good executed game for example if you go for a dragon age multiplayer game yeah. just have it basically like that you could even base it on inquisition or on the next game yeah. or whatnot where you are part of an organization you have a central hub either skyhold or some other place and then you just go out in the world help people explore adventure and everything you can either do that single player like the free play and anthem yeah where you just hop in and then you can like dynamically team up with people that are just going to the same place you are or just start in a group already i think that could work very well in dragon age as well as long as you're not some chosen one like you are in every game yeah you have to be a, a nobody and that's where the plot of dfo is really going is you are going to be a nobody or you could be from a certain faction so it's like okay well if that's the case then why you know it could easily have been made multiplayer it's like okay well i'm a gray warden yeah. You're an Antivan Crow, let's meet up and let's go kill these Tevinter Majesties in an area of Tevinter. And then, you know, you go from, from one mission to the other. I mean, it, it'd be basically like the single player games where you just run into random people and either team up for, you know, a certain time or become friends. That's what a Dragon Age multiplayer could be. You just run into people, you team up either for a quest or then you decide, it's like, hey, that was fun, let's team up again and everything. And then it just develops from there. Would you like a Dragon Age title based on what Anthem's done, or would you like a completely different multiplayer system? Base, I would like one based on Anthem, but changed slightly yeah. in that you have a completely open world, but for example, the main missions are still separate. Like if you want to do main storyline, you have to start it from a mission table or whatnot. Yeah. And you can still team up like public play and everything. But other than that, just have an open world that they can freely leave 
the quote-unquote for Tarsus and explore on my own without having to go through five <laughs> menus. Yeah, yeah, understandably. I think I have multiple ideas of what I would like a multiplayer Dragon Age title to be. I would first obviously want the single-player games to be finished and then like yep. have a game either set in the past, so like Ancient Alphan, where you can be so many different types of characters and have so much different types of magic and not fe not worry about any of the future narratives to get involved and have like a, I, I want to say MMO feel like Elder Scrolls Online where it's like, you know, just full on multiplayer, go for it, have fun, create a character uh, and, and, and embark on that. And, and just in, the, in, the, in this aspect of Dragon Age that we've never seen and that we're probably not going to see and if we do see in future games, it's going to be from an aspect of fade memories. And, you know, and like everyone wants to see Ancient Alephant. Everyone wants that treatment of the law, what happened back then, and just the magic. You know, and if Dragon Age is going in the direction it's going in now, potentially we may have a post-fail world. But even so, it's never going to equate to what Ancient Alephant was. So I would love an MMO multiplayer game of just... It's Ancient Alephant. You can play as different races, because we know that dwarves are around there. Probably not the Qunari, and maybe not the... Well, I don't know about the humans, but maybe, you know, it could be different races, and it's just Ancient Alephant, so many different things going on about there, different lore. And, and yeah, as, as I say, like, like Elder Scrolls Online, if that could work. Or it could be after, post-Dragon Age, where whatever happens at the end of the Dragon Age's narrative, you could have griffins, you could have a new a new world, if it is a post-Veil world, uh, where the Veil is torn down and the magic is back, what have you, then you've got the Qunari, you've got griffins, you've got humans, dwarves, elves, and it could just be something very much in the future Dragon Age. You know, we, we know that the Dragon Age games have been planned, ideally, with a five games in mind from David Gator. But, you know, they, they might want to end it at the fourth or fifth game. And instead of just, just no more being any Dragon Age, I would like a Dragon Age multiplayer title or a spin-off. After the Dragon Age would work better because uh, the central part of basically every MMO is you have the exploration everything, but you also have a main storyline that is typically centered around one giant world-threatening evil. Yeah, true, true. And in Arlothan, I think that wouldn't work. Like It could work, yes, definitely, but it would go very, very close to ruining future storylines or established lore because what world-threatening evil was there in Arlothan that... The Dread Wolf? To... You could the, the game narrative could end on the Dread Wolf creating the veil, and then your character dies. <laughs> but that's not very good... Ex <laughs> that's not a very good multiplayer expansion, is it? But in the Elder Scrolls Online, it's set before Talos comes, and essentially Talos is going to kill all the player characters who are the Emperor, or just everyone in Cyrodiil, so ultimately that's, that's what Elder Scrolls is doing as well. It's like, your character is inevitably going to die because Talos is going to come and become the Ninth Divine, or whatever people believe in, in the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> it's not good, but it's a plot. <laughs> well, yeah, but if the base <laughs> game is, uh, oh yeah, by the way, stop the Dread Wolf and, you know, yeah, bring true. about the Veil. Uh, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's it, it, like that. that yeah, you have one multiplayer game, but after that, it's either dead or you have to retcon just everything to get an yeah, expansion. Or the Titans. We know that Mephala killed the Titans and something was going on with the Titans. Maybe they could be the world threat. But again, you know what happens to them because Mephala's going to kill one. So I suppose there is, yeah, there is that. So the, yeah, post, okay, post Dragon Age then. You could have the Griffins come back. You could have, I mean, so many possibilities for, for, for new things. No more you Blights. That, you could explore Saharan. You could explore yeah. Amaranthine. Or like the, you know, across the Amaranthine Ocean, Absolutely. that continent there. Then you could even base it on... Like right now, you could place it in the Dragon Age basically. If you go to Saharan, if you go to Parvolan, if you go across the ocean, if you go across the uh, what's it, the mountains in the Underfells, you could just have it in a different continent or different countries yeah. and just have it in the now. That could work as well because you don't too, really yeah. ruin established lore that way. Say Dragon Age 4 comes out and we're waiting another 10 years for Dragon Age 5. We could have a spin-off multiplayer title, not akin to Fallout 76, but like how it's released to so you people can play while they wait for the next Fallout game. But you could have like a, a Dragon Age multiplayer game spin-off set in countries that the developers have no plans to go in in a future narrative-based Dragon Age game. So we could be okay. You're going to have a multiplayer spin-off game in Saharan or the Islands of Parvolin, or you know you could. 
going to places where we've never ever never going to go and that would be great first of all to mull us over for the next dragon age title but also just to see what the, the developers could do with a multiplayer dragon age title we know that obviously mark derrick doesn't work at bio anymore but they've always wanted to experiment with a multiplayer dragon age game and that's why we got the multiplayer mode in inquisition but that they have had plans because they think it could be a great thing because as we know dragon age is based on traditional DD, which is obviously a, a dependent multiplayer experience so it's got interesting ideas there it could be interesting it's just that bioware don't have enough experience with multiplayer titles but if they if, did have that experience it could be good they don't necessarily need to have that if they base it on countries outside of Thedas right now yeah like across the ocean then they could just sell or share the ip with yeah. a studio that has experience You're right with multiplayer yeah. because they yeah. don't need they don't need to adhere to established lore in the dragon age yeah. they just need to you know adhere to established world lore yeah then they can just do whatever they want, do whatever they want. yeah multiplayer yeah like uh like they sold the um i'm pretty sure they sold parts of the ip to the tabletop writers and they just wrote world lore about like cetuses and fairies and stuff that isn't really established in the dragon age games but for the D D, it is you know they could totally do that and that's exactly what bethesda did with zenimax they went okay obviously you know our ip but go and write world lore set in this e period of time thousands of years before in literature titles but we could have, you know, they could sell it to maybe someone who knows the engine or whatever they want to do and then just go for it, this multiplayer experience. If they want a studio that is experienced with Frostbite and multiplayer, they could dice. sell or they took, uh, they could ask Dice yeah, because exactly. they know multiplayer. Yeah. Whether or not they would make a good, you know, open world RPG, that is questionable, but That's they questionable, have more experience yeah. with multiplayer than Bioware. And, uh, and, the, and the Frostbite engine as well and Definitely. how to build, you know. Had to build I mean, maps they to make it. it work. Exactly, exactly. So it's their engine. So, and we know that a lot of them, you know, come in to help the Dragon Age team. Uh, and, and even then, there was the Dragon Age multiplayer team who were dedicated just to creating the multiplayer. And they they have been, you know, working on on the Frostbite engine. So and, and so on. So what are they doing right now? Are they just working on the single player? Hopefully they are, so that there are as many hands as possible on that. But you know, what if they find themselves free and are like, okay, let's make a Dragon Age spin-off title. I could totally see it happening. You know, like Bioware have tried in the past so many times to do these spin-offs. Like there was going to be a Dragon Age tactics game. There was a Mass Effect multiplayer mode that was going to originally be its own title, but it got can well, it got it got rebooted and reformed into its Mass Effect 3 multiplayer mode. It would be certainly interesting. And I know that a lot of the fan base doesn't want it, but keeping in mind that there is going to be a, a single player Dragon Age title, it'll be nice to have something to have something to play while we wait for those titles to come. Again, like Fallout 76, but not thinking of it as the disastrous Fallout 76. Just having a title while we wait for future games. It'd be fun and it'd be something new. And the Bioware developers have shown that they would like to do something multiplayer with the IP. And I would like to give them that chance to, to just go out there and do it. You know, we know that, you know, EA likes to mandate single player experience, uh, likes to mandate multiple experiences and Bioware have given a chance to do single player. But it would be interesting to see what they could do. I mean, the reason most people dislike the multiplayer aspect so much is because they, you know, think, oh, EA, multiplayer evil. But what I think they don't realize is that EA is such a big company because of multiplayer. Multiplayer brings yeah. in money, like they rake in, in money. With single player, you have one sold copy and that's it. That's all you get from the player. With multiplayer, you have, you know, you have the bought game, the yeah. initial purchase that brings in a good chunk of money. But then you also have transactions, you have cosmetics, you have whatever else. It just keeps on giving you money. Yes, you have to pay for server costs and developers. But if yeah. that, you know, balances itself out, you're just making cash without end with a multiplayer title. Bioware is in desperate need of that because their recent games haven't really been that good, have they? Well, I think uh, there is, I don't know if it's a rumor or if it's fact, but Anthem was made so Bioware could get money while working on the future IPs. So they just made Anthem. Me. Yeah, they just made Anthem so they could rake in money. And they did rake in a lot of money with Anthem, let's be honest. So it was made so they could, okay, here's our multiplayer title that we're going to work for now. Maybe test the waters for what we could do as multiplayer. And then, you know, earn money, create Dragon Age and, I, uh, and, and Mass Effect. And I know that people will go, okay, Jack and, and Lucas, I get it that you like the idea of a multiplayer Dragon Age game. That's really cool. But what Bioware have shown us as of late does not prove that they could do it. But they could sell the IP to someone else. They could get other developers within EA to do it. They could, you know, they could try really hard to, see, to work on a good system. Mass Effect multiplayer has always been amazing i have loved that even andromeda's is great and i know it's a shooter but it's that action fast-paced uh mode that it's it's great fun and while dragon age inquisition's multiplayer is all right 
They tried, and there's an effort that's been made there. So what else could they do to try and reform that? And it, you know, giving them the ideas and the time to do it, they could try and do something really cool. They Let don't want Dragon Age to become a multiplayer game. They could just sell out the IP to Anthem. I mean, yes, Anthem does have a stigma attached to it, but if they went for an Anthem 2.0 from a different studio, they'd know what they're doing. That might work. It, like, people might have yeah. forgotten about it, and if Bioware isn't directly involved with development, people might even forgive them for shutting down the service eventually. Or, yeah. you know, shutting down yeah. development of Anthem, the first game. So well, if they don't want Dragon Age to devolve, quote-unquote, into multiplayer, just sell out Anthem. Yeah, or even... Give the Bioware Austin team, you know, the Bioware Austin team, they've created SWOTOR, that, that incredible Star Wars MMO, and they were working on the Anthem reboot. That's a team that has a lot of multiplayer experience. Uh, so, like, you know, and SWOTOR's getting old these days. I think it's yeah, at least I'm, 12 years old or 10 I'm years entirely, old. I'm not entirely certain whether or not I would take SWOTOR as a benchmark. <laughs> I like it, to be honest. I, I enjoy it. I, you know, and it's good um, just of the Star Wars universe, which is obviously already established lore. But it is a good game. It's one of my favorite yeah, MMOs. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of Star Wars, so I can't. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But the developers have had a lot of team, a lot of time on that multiplayer IP, yeah. and they've proven themselves to actually be, to make create really good content and, and a really good MMO. And I'm not saying that I want a Dragon Age MMO. I would like that, but just different Dragon Age multiplayer titles. But let's talk a little bit about Bioware's treatment of Anthem, because while you know I love Bioware, I'm one of the biggest supporters on YouTube. You know, I think it's 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 naive to not call out when they've done something that is a little bit ignorant and a little bit a little bit unfair. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to just be this Bioware are always good, optimistic creator. I also need to, you know, be honest and, and be upfront. And I think that Bioware's treatment of Anthem and, and the reboot was kind of, was very, very, very unfair to the fan base. It was very unfair. Because while, you know, a lot of us here who love Dragon Age and Mass Effect, they, they don't, we don't care about Anthem. We never wanted it to exist in the first place. There was a fan base for Anthem. It was the fourth best-selling game of 2019. It sold a lot of copies. And while it had so many mistakes and flaws, understandably, because it was a game created within a months with seven years of just backlash and development and pre-production hell still there was a fan base there was a huge dedication and i think the the most important thing is the bioware developers promised that they would fix this game and yes words are cheap but they promised to the fans and the developers and they promised to the fans and the entire fan bases and the communities of anthem that they would get this game right they would fix it and that there was a team dedicated to doing that and that they would constantly remain focused on that and they instead cancelled it and i get it to focus on dragon age and mass effect because that's what the majority of the fan base wants but to that to, to that community and, and the fans who who loved anthem and they wanted the, the sequel and they, they they were so excited for it to come back they've been abandoned and they have been i don't want to say betrayed but essentially backstabbed by bioware who promised to fix this game and now they're like oh well what, what am i going to play now what what what, what? i mean you know? It wasn't just Bioware that kind of backstabbed them, it was EA as well, because I yeah. remember one interview with, I think, I'm not sure who it was, it was some very high up person with EA talking about Anthem, and they said that they think Anthem is the start of a 10 year journey yes. for them. Yeah. And people believed that. Yeah. Which, uh, well, it turns out to be a great mistake, to be honest, to yeah, believe anything was, yeah. EA and Bioware say. Bioware say, sorry. But yeah, it's like, Shutting down Anthem before the rework, I mentioned that in the video of mine as well, yeah. shutting down Anthem before the rework was even, you know, out of the cradle is just a bad business move because you've lost the faith of a good chunk of your fan base because, let's be honest, Anthem still did have a few fans. It did, it did. Me included. And you just told all of them, basically, it's like, yeah, sorry, but fuck yourself. They won't forget that. I certainly won't. It's been a bad decision all around, and I get it, the pandemic had many difficulties, but this was 2021, January or February. It's like, I get it, the pandemic has affected all of 2020, but from, from the reports that Celia Costa made about Dragon Age Force development, you know, obviously you can't relate it exactly to Anthem, but you can relate it a lot to Bioware as a whole. They had a lot, they made a lot of adaptations to work within within a couple of months during the pandemic. It was around, I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact date, but they, they said that after a couple of months of the pandemic, many adaptations uh, uh, were made to communication development of Next Dragon Age, that they were able to continue the production at ease and even better. And you can assume that that would have been the same case for Anthem 2.0. But, uh, so, you know, they would have got out of that rut just as much as the Dragon Age team was. And it was a smaller team as well, so you can imagine that it might have been easier for them to to get out of that rut. Again, I'm speculating, but I would have understood. I would have been. I would have understanded more if Anthem was reboot was that the Anthem reboot was cancelled, say March, April, June, ja uh, January, uh, June, July, August last year. But the reboot was cancelled in February 2021, and it's like 
because of the pandemic, you're really you're, you're cancelling it. But you guys have been all right with the pandemic, according to reports that have been made. So you're cancelling it now to focus on Dragon Age. Like, what's what's the deal of that? And I don't. Is it because you just don't you don't have hope in the project? Did EA not want to fund you anymore? Did you, did you just lose hope on the project? Like, what is it? Was it because Christian Daly was shuffled? Was it because Matt Darren Casey Hudson left? Especially with all the blog posts uh, about the future of Anthem, like it looked promising. It looked like they had a good beta or alpha build going for the. Yeah, it did. It did. It really did. And they just hope. like, oh yeah, yes. Uh, no, thank you. That's 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 the thing. That's that's the reason for this conversation is you know Bioware we're putting so much hope into it and and, and it, we we could assume they did. Christian Daly particularly was. Where there was gameplay, they were showing that they were reworking the loot. The UI looked really cool. They had like a loot legendary system uh, with the UI. It looked great. And a lot of that was just, you know, small early production work. They were giving the small fan base that they had an Anthem hope. And they were excited. They were incredibly hopeful for the, for the future of Anthem. And then they just cancelled it. So it's like, you know, how can we trust in them when they did that to Anthem for the next Dragon Age? When we've heard that they are creating the best Dragon Age yet and getting through all these obstacles, yet they've gone through a, a reboot and a turnaround. They've, they've rebooted the game for live service and then they've turned that around early this year. And it's like, yes, we can put so much stock into those developers, but can we really trust them when they did the same to Anthem? When they said, it's going to be great, we're working it out, we're going to make it great, and then, oh, it's cancelled. There's one thing I think we could learn from Anthem. It is that you shouldn't take what companies say at face value because... Yeah. Let's be honest, Bioware and EA have fucked up with Anthem, with the development and with promises of future content, which they then just stomped into the ground without mercy. Everyone keep that in mind for future promises from Bioware. If there's if they're gonna tell something about Dragon Age like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna develop everything for it. Just keep in mind what they did to Anthem. Yeah. I even realized my own naivete when I created the, my video on announcing the fact that Anthem was cancelled and Dragon Age is going to be single player because that sounds great from a textbook but the reality of the situation was no, Anthem died and then Bioware just going, okay, we're going to now move all the focus onto Dragon Age so that game's good. But that's actually, you know, in reality that was kind of a kind of an, a you know a questionable decision to remember Bioware. They just went Anthem's dead, and now all the team are going on to Dragon Age as kind of like a, a all hands on last effort to make sure that Dragon Age Four is good. And that, while it sounds cool, or Dragon Age Four is going to be single player and Anthem's dead. In reality, it sounds like it's been like Bioware are desperate to make a good Dragon Age title that they've cancelled Anthem, and now it's all hands on deck to make sure that this Dragon Age title is good. And while I do just, have hope it will be, it just it just sounds like it's that last-ditch effort. Like in that situation, it sounds like both ships were sinking. Yeah, the it crew does. from Anthem was like, yeah, Sh shovel that water away. I don't care how. Just let Anthem sink. Yeah, and, and oh, let's now make a single-player Dragon Age experience. Which how much is how long is that going to take? You know, again, Forever. it's I don't want Bioware to crunch in the slightest. I don't want them to rush out the game. But it's gone from live service reboot, live service turnaround. You know, Mike Laidlaw left because in 2017 they, they cancelled Dragon Age and they rebooted it for live service. That's team that are just leaving because they were like, you know what, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this development hassle. Let's just leave. And now they've done, you know, from 2017 to 2020, they've had that pre-production work for a live service uh, multiplayer title. And, and now a year in production, they've gone, okay, now let's make it single player again. So it's like the constant back and forth. This is influx development. This is not... You know, it's great that it's going to be single player. What is going on internally? What, are the, what, what, who is leading the decision making? What is going on? Because that does not sound like it's good decision making within Bioware. If it's constantly shifting its cogs to live service multiplayer, now we're doing this, now we're doing that, and this developer's gone, and now Casey's gone, and Matt Darrow's gone, and this person's gone. It's like, what, what is going on? We are talking about a company that up until recently didn't have a CEO for like half a year. You know, what we try, you know, I do try to be as very optimistic as possible because I'm not going to just not. put... But understandably, we need to we need to have these conversations as well where it's like, okay, we can't just put all our stock in Dragon Age 4 will be good because the developers are amazing. But also, what about, you know, the developers could be great, but what about the leadership team? What about the people who are making these decisions? What about the five years of pre-production that's been rebooted twice and potentially three times now? You know, there needs to also be some, some honest brutality of what is the reality of the situation. In the past seven months, according to the release of this podcast, which will be July, there, there have been seven developers leave every month. That's in, a, in very different departments. That's not a good sign. And two of them we're veterans, you know, and that's that's not a good sign. Sorry, no, four of them are veterans. Four veterans have left Bioware in the past seven months. What I feel people should 
keep in mind because people are always like, oh yeah, Bioware are amazing, Bioware make the best games. What I feel is they need to learn the distinction between being a fan of the games and being a fan of the company. Yeah. Because being yeah. a fan of the games is perfectly fine. The games are finished products. You can love the games to death. But yeah. the company itself is constantly changing, as evident by all of them leaving. Yeah. You can't sit here and say, I 100% support Bioware, when they have had disgusting crunch in the past. And I'm not talking about, oh, it was 10 years ago. Two years ago, Anthem released. That was two years ago when they were crunching developers to a point where they would leave the studio and not come back. That's... that's not a good sign. So I 100% support the Dragon Age team and the Dragon Age developers, but Bioware as an entity, which is a division of a year, the leadership team going on there, what is going on? Is Dragon Age 4 on the right tracks? It sounds like it is, but is it really? I don't know. And none of us know, other than the developers, who, from reports been, that have been made, Dragon Age goes through this constantly. It's always gone from these drastic changes. It doesn't sound like it's a good thing that they are constantly having these drastic changes to, well, it's going to look completely different in two years from now, but that's just how the Dragon Age team is. That doesn't sound like a good sign, you know, if it's if it's having a, if it's, if it's it's having these influx developments. So, I don't know. I, I have faith in the team, absolutely, 100%. But we need to address these things. As much as I love the teams and, and Dragon Age, you know, the, the decisions that have late have not been good. And I feel so bad for the likes of Mike Laidlaw, who are going to create a single-player Dragon Age title, and now it's, okay... Reboot, live service, uh, multiplayer. Get rid of that. Let's make it. Let's make it for gameplay and, and long-term revenue. And now the pivot is okay. We're going back to single-player guys. And it's like Mike Laidlaw literally left because of what what was happened. What's happened? And now it's going back to what it used to be. But it's going to be different because it's a new creator director. That's that. that the poor developers who have been there fighting for it, and then and then they they made those changes, and then they've gone nope, live service, and now they've gone back. It's just oh, it's just feels bad. It really do. I feel bad so much for him. Bit of a slap of slap in the face for him. He left the company that he worked with for I don't know how many years, and the games that he loved to create, he left because he couldn't create that game, and now they went around and basically are creating that game without him you know there should be some skepticism there based on that single player reboot of what, what about mike's work what about joplin what about is this project going to be exactly like that then you know what the hell's going on with your internal leadership what the heck's going on with management why now and i get it you know anthem died i think they can't you know it's because anthem proved to be unsuccessful and jedi fallen order was really successful but why did you need that in the first place a year why couldn't you've just taken bioware for their word taken developers like mike laidlaw who had the company for 14 years why couldn't you have trusted in them and, and, and it's just, you know, it does become a conversation about EA. And ultimately, they just don't care about, about the fans. They don't care about the developers to the point where they will crunch them. And they will completely regard disregard their opinions and what they want for the future titles. Uh, and making them single player and making them multiplayer, whatever. They, they, they just want the money and they want the trends. And they, they will go, okay, yeah. Dragon Age, copy that. Okay, Dragon Age team, why don't you why don't you create a game like Skyrim? You know, Skyrim, you know, and even Matt Darius came out and said, we see that you like dragons and the game's called Dragon Age, but can you ride dragons? And then Darius like, oh, sorry, it's not, it's not a game. And like, well, look at Skyrim, look at, you know, games like that where you can ride dragons in Skyrim. Can we have that in Dragon Age? And they're like, no, because it's not about that. And, they, and, and the, 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 you know, the EA don't care about the law. They don't care about everything that we care about and the things that the team care about. They care about money. And if they can copy a game like Skyrim and emulate that, then they'll do it because that's where the money is. It's open world, it's got fetch quests, it's full of nothing. Go for it. But it's where the money's at, why not? It's it's not taken by where the word. I trust the developers and I trust when Weeks says they want to create the best Dragonist title possible. I trust that Weeks will put all they can into doing that. And so it, Ultimately, it's you know, they just have to do what the GM tells them, to be honest. That's yeah. why that's why the GM is there, the general manager. They tell yeah. people what to do. And if they tell if in a few months' time it's like, oh well, you know what? Dragon Age multiplayer does sound good, actually. Let's go for that instead. <laughs> yeah. Then and they don't have a choice. They just have to do that. That's that's where the majority of my skepticism comes in. Mark, Derek, and Casey were helping a lot with crunch. They were advocating for no crunch, and they were advocating for good working conditions. However, they left the studio seven and five months ago. So it's like, okay, I was excited for that because they were doing a lot of work, but now they've gone. So how can we tell that there's not going to be crunch on the team anymore. How do we know that? We don't know that. There's a new GM. There's a new executive producer. They could just go, okay, right, guys, 2022 release window, crunch. Now I want you to crunch until the project's ready. You know, so I think, you know, we need to have these conversations about what, what is this going to be a product of? It's going to be a product of a game made 
with a live service reboot that's then been turned around. It's going to be a game made for the pandemic. It's going to be a game made with history of awful crunch conditions, with major staff departures. And so it's going to be, there needs to be a lot of scepticism, healthy scepticism. You know, it's not healthy to be completely optimistic all the time. You need to have a little bit, you know, a modicum of scepticism. Even Patrick Weeks has said themselves, there needs to be, you guys should be cautiously optimistic for the next game, which is from the developers themselves. So returning back to what we would like to see from a potential Dragon Age multiplayer game, I would just like something in the law that makes sense now. And, and yeah, just like a co-op, like, like a, I loved Mass Effect's Horde mode. I couldn't start working with Dragon Age because, you know, it's a Mass Effect's a shooter uh, and it's all about uh, as many enemies as possible and, and the, 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 the action RPG aspects of that. Whereas Dragon Age is more tactical and it, it's, it's more, and, and unless the next game's combat is very much action RPG, I would love a horde mod. Given that it's the Frostbite engine and what yeah. they showed in that tiny teaser, I think it is going more in the direction of even more action-focused combat. Yeah, yeah. But regardless of that, what I would love is a co-op story. Like, for those people that have played it, uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist had a oh. separate co-op story. It is a shooter, but it still had a separate co-op story, and it worked brilliantly. Oh, very nice. I've never played it. How did it work out? Uh, I think it was like, it wasn't a long story because it was still mainly focused on the single player aspect, but I think it was like eight missions or whatnot, and um, like you had different approaches, you could talk to your teammate because it was like two player co-op only, you could just plot everything ahead, you could scout out the area, usually it was like a hostage res rescue or something like that. It was just brilliantly executed because one person is like, oh yeah, I'll take care of that guard, you go around the other way. Stuff like that, that is something I would like in a Dragon Age multiplayer, if we ever get one. Like, it's just story-driven co-op. Yeah, that sounds good, that sounds good. You know, I like the idea that when Jason Schreier created his article, he said like a drop-in, drop-out co-op system. Like, uh, I think it was Baldur's Gate, I haven't played Baldur's Gate, but apparently it's, it's got drop-in, drop-out system. And I would like that where it's okay, you know, if you want to play with your friends, they can drop in and maybe play as uh, a character. If you say you're a, say that the main game, you're, you are Grey Wardens, say they could drop in as another Grey Warden. So, you you know, you could have maybe your companions there or you could have three other players and it's embarking on, you know, maybe even like a pre, maybe the first blight as a game. And you, obviously, you know what's going to happen, but it's that experience of the first blight and you're a Grey Warden. That would be really cool. Or... Mm -hmm. um, you know yeah um Griffins. if they if they go for like drop in drop out then they could just go straight for what Baldur's gate 3 or, or like what yeah. larian are doing yeah where it, it is still a four-player party like if you drop into a friend's game they can decide whether you get like one companion whether you get both companions attached to them yeah or like control of them or you get none you get just play on your own and the, that'd be really stay cool with the host yeah that'd be really cool i'd like that i like that and like you know, you could have NPC companions if you just want to play the game solo, or you could have player. You know, you could have your friends. You could have three other players, uh, and then that way, if you don't want to play, obviously it will be online, so there will be servers and there will be that you know that thing that that Anthem does have. But if you want to play it solo, you could, and you'd have your party banter and those characters, or you could then play with your friends, which then again, obviously it's just a grand scale. This is just us speculating ideas and throwing them out there. It's not you know not thinking of them as anything refined. But it'd be a really cool system to try. Once Dragon Age is over, because ultimately Dragon Age will end. The series, the games will, will finish. And we're thinking of what titles they could do in the future to keep the game alive. Maybe to suit a little bit of what EA want. Uh, or just to, you know, but even Mark Dara, not as an executive decision, but has just wanted to create a Dragon Age multiplayer title. Because he thinks it's a core root of what Dragon Age could be. And we know that when the single player rework happened, there were a lot of Bioware developers that were upset because they wanted to create a multiplayer slash live service Dragon Age title. And so I would say, you know, it'd be interesting to see what they could do once the main story has ended. I would like to see, you know, them try, at least try and do something with it. Maybe not live service, because I'm, I'm not a fan of that, but multiplayer. If, you know, if it's if it's drop-in, drop-in co-op, if it's four-player co-op, if it's, if it's like a game mode, like a horde mode, or if it's, you know... I think having a story there will be quite essential because it is a Bioware game. But then having dropping drop a co-op or four players, it'd be good. It'd be good fun. And then you've got ways where people can engage with the story as friends. And then you can go and have fun in the combat uh, and, and make key decisions. As we enter this next generation of gaming, it would be interesting to see if they could pull off. You know, because I know developers have tried. and, and like, like Fable. Fable's a great example. You've got a friend there yeah, that can join you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about Fable yeah. 3. Yeah. That was 
that was gorgeous. I love that. Yeah. Great example of how you can have co-op. And it'd be great, yet the story still revolves around you. But you've got a friend who joins you. That's it. You know, they don't need to be anyone significant. They just... And, and you can play through that entire system. And it's great fun. You so could no. have made that even in the, like, single-player base. You could have just done that. Even if you select your party of all, you know, written and voice-acted companions, you could just have it, like, if someone wants to join you, you could just throw one out and instead have yeah. your friend join. Yeah, your friend plays as, say, the Antivan Crow character or, the you know, the NPC that was, that, that you know, the multi-tasted, it's an NPC, but now they are player-controlled. There you go. Not, 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 even, not even that. Like, just have... That one companion, the like written and acted companion, oh, just yes. throw that one back to the camp yeah. or whatnot and have your friend join with their own character. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So that yes. way you don't, you know, bugger up all sorts of decision making and whatnot with that one companion. You just have your mate there yeah, with so their own character. It's still got that core experience of being a Dragon Age title, but you've got your mate who can join and as a new character and it's just they're playing while you get to make all those decisions they get to play around with you maybe there's some dynamics of what they get from playing with you whatever you know or it could be like going on heists or raids like you've got an anthem you've got those missions you could have missions like that where you can only do them as multiplayer like say the core experience of dragon age would be maybe more single player but there are high tier missions that require other players and only those missions you can do multiplayer wise and that's where you go to the multiplayer component of the game that'll be fun i think that'd be great like you know high dragon hunts yeah, Dragon Hunts, exactly. Or, y yes, and you could say you could do them solo with your companions, but they're really hard, or you can matchmake and do it online, or you can find your party with your friends and go for it. That would be great fun. You know, even having, I mean, not advocating for it, but even having that in Dragon Age 4 would be interesting, or in Dragon Age, where, you, you know, there are only missions that you can do online. So everything else is single player, but you have that online element of, okay, you want to do Dragon Hunts? You can go and group up with your friends. Just as long as they don't, you know gate very important or very you know good stuff behind it i'm all yeah. for that no, or if yeah, they give you yeah. the option like an anthem where for example strongholds basically you know what we are talking about high dragon hunts yeah strongholds would be something like that they are public only and if you start one this like it starts the matchmaking circle and it goes yeah. on for like a, a good two minutes i would yeah. say and if you don't find a party by then you're thrown in alone that would yeah. work as well yeah yeah, and, and the, the reward can be better loot that you can then take to the yeah. single play experience or it can be, you know, experience or they can build up their own system of doing more of these missions and, the, you know, the rewards that you get, the, the, the higher the challenge, the higher the tier. You know, there are so many things that you could do with that and then you can bring it back to the single player. I mean, and then you do get into, okay, is everything leveled? How hard are the bosses in the single player for me to do that? But it could just be from a, maybe a standpoint of maybe, maybe that multiplayer experience is its own thing and you just get more rewards for that. I don't know. They, they, they could find a way where they could fine-tune it just so that the single player doesn't require you to do it. But if you do it, you get more rewards and more experience and, and more things to then bring into the single player. There'll be a way they could just, do it well. Yeah, it should just be entirely optional, but a yeah. fun way to spend your time if you choose to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, like different armors, different weapons, what have you, even just enchantments. I don't know. There could be a Cosmetic way they could do stuff. it. You know, you get rewards for your hub. Like in, in yeah. Dragon Age Inquisition, you got the dragon furniture if you played. Yeah decorations your different gear different you know whatever different unlocks it'd be really cool it'd be, it'd be a way they could do it without it being fatigued but yeah i think i think wrapping up as a whole lucas you know obviously you are very skeptical and obviously understandably what's your opinion going forward on dragon age and, and bioware as a whole well i think people should adopt the mentality of the late john bain total biscuit for those that don't yes. know his real name uh, about don't pre-order video games and just take everything. The only things you should value is what you see and hear from the actual game. Gameplay videos, streamers maybe, don't pre-order and don't believe what the devs tell you because the devs want you to buy the product, naturally. Obviously, they wouldn't make money otherwise. But just believe what you see, not what the devs tell you. I mean, I will pre-order it because I am a, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm an idiot. I, I, obviously completely you know take what lucas says for absolutely you know absolutely completely worthwhile for me i am obviously going in this quite optimistic because i trust the team who created trespasser however you would be silly to not look at the development cycle and that's why i make those videos for a reason just so people every year so people can look at the development cycle and just see the different pivots that the game has taken already 
you know, it's spent five years in pre-production given the previous iteration. And it just, you know, have as much hope and be excited as you want for the lore and the characters and the experience and the story. But also just be aware that this game has had a development hell. You know, it's going to be at least nine to ten years after Inquisition. It could be potentially ten years after Inquisition this game could be releasing. Obviously, we don't know. Oh, yeah. True. Uh, be aware. Be. You just be aware of Bioware at the moment. The crunch that they've done, the reworks, the multiplayer, the, the devs who have left. Obviously, I have hope and I will have hope until we see the game. Because I do trust the developers. John Eppler, Patrick Weeks, all of them. I do really do trust them. However, don't trust Bioware at their word. Because they cancelled Anthem and they said to the entire fan base that it would be amazing and that they would work really hard and they would ship it and it would be great. And they didn't do that. Uh, you know, and all the staff left that project. You know, uh, Ben Irving, for example, just left and he promised that it would be great and it didn't. So yeah, I would say have a have a modicum of scepticism. Even even more than a modicum. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, that's 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 what I would say too. But I really appreciate Lucas for, for coming on for this episode of Lee Landsmeet for a very good just cautionary skeptical conversation on Bioware multiplayer because at the end of the day we do not know what Bioware will do with Next Dragon Age and for based on what they've done recently they've, they've taken many major pivots in development so it's definitely, it, yeah. it's definitely worthwhile just just being skeptical and having these conversations Lucas where can people find you if they want to follow you check out your stuff what where can they uh... um well I'm sure Jack will have yeah. the courtesy to just put my stuff on there uh, but you can find me on YouTube and Instagram under the name Lucas Roden on hey. YouTube I post videos once in a while usually about something related to <laughs> Bioware uh, on Instagram, I post food photography for those that want to get hungry. Otherwise, uh, Fossil Corn, my old name for those that aren't familiar, is my handle on Twitch and Twitter, where you can also find me doing all sorts of stuff. Give my follow for all that food photography, which is amazing. But anyway, thank you so much, Lucas, for coming on. I really appreciate coming on for the second episode of The Lands Meet. Thank you all to have watched this far. We both really, really appreciate you listening to our thoughts. And yeah, give us all your thoughts down below. What do you think about Bioware going into this, you know, this new generation? Uh, what do you think about them with their major pivots? Do you still have hope? Let me know uh, what, you, what you're thinking about Bioware as a whole. And just even the Dragon Age team. How do you feel about Dragon Age? And what do you feel about Bioware's treatment of Anthem? It really has been you know quite you know quite a tumultuous time for them and i and i hope that they can prove to them that they do want to give dragon age its due and they do they do want to create the best dragon age possible and i hope for all our sakes that they do that anyway thank you all and we really appreciate it but i'll see you guys in the next one Goodbye. peace out <laughs>